Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina UNC Football Recruiting Podcast, presented to you by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. As always, I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by the man himself, Don Callahan. What is up, Donald? Not too much. You just, uh, as I mentioned on the uh, weekly scoop, you know, I'm actually enjoying these couple of days where I don't have a lot going on, no travel just doing some minor stuff for Inside Carolina for content-wise, but uh, that completely changes on Saturday where I have the the NCHSAA championships where Ross will not be helping me out. And then um, on Sunday, uh, I'm going to deal with some stuff for the official visit, the big official visit weekend this, this weekend. Um, nothing as far as like um, that will affect too much, but um, a lot of a lot of official visitors. Then I head down to Spartanburg for the Shrine Bowl for a few days. And then before I um, get to even head home, I will uh, stop off at Charlotte on signing day, which is Wednesday, to cover Trent Simpson's announcements. Uh, what's what's uh, going on with you? Before before you tell me what's going on with you, I'm, I'm curious. You're you're a bachelor, right? I think, unless you got married within the last week. I mean, I, get, I guess for legal purposes, I am uh, still single, yes. So what what is kind of the, I guess, the makeup of Ross Martin's home for Christmas? I mean, do you have a tree? Do you decorate? How much? Because, I mean, obviously with me having a family, we, we've done a ton. So what's, what's, what's it look like in your house right now? Uh, there is nothing changed, and there will be nothing changed. With my so house. you don't, no tree, no nothing, nothing like that at all, ever? No, I've lived in this house for uh, four years now, uh, and... Uh, I mean, I go home. I mean, I'll go home to Greensboro. I'm actually probably gonna go back the 21st because I have a bunch of friends getting together for an oyster roast, like a bunch of high school Greensboro friends for an oyster roast, and I might just stay in town through the 26th. So yeah, I'll get my I'll get my fix in Greensboro. My parents decorate. We have a tree. Actually, our street in Greensboro is like one of the major destinations in North Carolina for like light viewing. Because mm. of these Christmas balls that are in, hung in the trees. It's like a tradition. We've been doing it for 15 years now. And there's a 5K this weekend. It's a big deal. National news has been there. It's called the running of the balls. And the people line up outside of our the big streets to get into our neighborhood to kind of cruise through and look at all, this, uh, all the um, lights. There's these, these lights, lighted balls that are hung from the trees. And it creates this really magical thing during the night. It's, it's actually pretty cool. So I get my full fix. Running – Running of the balls. Well, that's the 5K. But the whole thing, it's just like this Christmas balls. I mean, you can find them on YouTube. It's everywhere. It's pretty cool. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love, I, I do love, um, I, lo- I love, I guess, driving around and, and seeing what people yeah. do with their houses. This, this is a little different because they're like hanging from the trees. So at night, you can't see the trees. You can't see the the cords. 
So it just looks like all these magical balls. It's a magical experience. <laughs> that's, magical balls. It's the name of the podcast. Balls. That's awesome. Um, isn't that your nickname in high school? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't I mean I don't do anything. I'm gonna get a Christmas tree for myself and just sit and look at it by myself. Nah. <laughs> I gotta do some Christmas shopping here too. Luckily, online shopping just kind of changes the game. And you can go on johnnytshirt.com for your That's right. I, I might have to do that. I mean, I, I've gotten my niece and nephew UNC stuff in the past. And they just grow out of it so quickly. So, I don't know. I may wait until they get older. But, yeah, I've been getting them UNC stuff. So, I, actually, I may do that. Um, I got my brother a UNC sweatshirt last year. So, my parents aren't really huge Carolina fans. So, I can't really get them UNC stuff. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, yes, you have a huge week coming up. I mean, kind of like you said, a calm before the storm for you. This is pro- This is your busiest time of the year. Like, this week. Yeah. be starting kind of this weekend on, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's different with the early signing period um, for a lot of different reasons. But one of them is that before we had the early signing period, the, the, it was more of the the three or four weeks leading up to signing day in February. Now it's really kind of crammed into just this year. It's crammed into like two weeks. In addition to doing the stuff that, that we post on a daily basis, content wise, there's a lot of preparation for signing day with the the articles and all that. And I, I know we're going to go get into that a little bit, but um, so it's kind of like a little bit of double work going on. Cause when I'm not doing the stuff that I'm going to be posting that particular day or the next day or for the weekly scoop, there's a lot of stuff uh, for, um, for preparing for, for actual signing day. Yeah. Cause you add that on to the um, state championship games and the shrine yeah. bowl. It's kind of everything, the perfect storm. All right, let's uh, break down. What we're going to go through today, pull up the Google document here. We're going to give a signing day preview, the, the early. We call, I'm calling it the National Signing Day because it has become the signing day, I mean, for all intents and purposes, even though it's not, it's considered the early signing day. I consider it National Signing Day. So we're going to preview that a little bit about what Don's schedule is going to be like, the content you can expect, everything that's going to happen leading up to Wednesday, December 18th, the first day of the early signing period. We're going to talk a little bit about Trenton Simpson and what's going on there. And we are... As you listen to this, you're less than a week from the signing day, and, and he is the, the one big name left out there, the four-star linebacker from Mauer Creek High School. We'll get some scoop on what's going on there with Trent Simpson, North Carolina, and Clemson. We're then going to dive into the two guys we talked about last week, uh, quarterback Jacoby Criswell and Clyde Pinder, kind of the two UNC commitments that were – Looking elsewhere, I guess the best way to say it, and we're kind of had eyes at other schools that definitely concerned UNC fans and the UNC staff. And we'll we'll close with a kind of a look at the coaching carousel. Don and I were talking off the air about our interest in all the coaching movements, how that affects recruiting, how it affects UNC, if any, and, and just the interest in, in a guy like Aliyah. Drinkowitz spending one year at App State and, and going and making four million a year at Missouri and just the craziness of the movement of coaches because um, it happens every year and every year it's just you, you can never really expect what's going to happen and of course we'll close with our top five top five Christmas movies make sure you stay on for that we'll not do a top five for next week because next week's podcast will be the National Sign Day podcast and we'll need all the time we can to talk about the happenings of that day good to go Don. Yep, I'm ready. All right. 
National Sign Day preview, December 18th. Don, just dive in, kind of tell us what we can expect. What's your schedule that day? And obviously, you know, any scoop as to kind of things we may not know about or, or things that you are expecting to happen. Uh, and then we'll get dive into some particulars about who is signing, who is enrolling early and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think right now, a lot of my schedule is uh, revolves around Trent Simpson. We don't have an exact time for the announcement yet. I don't think he's established that yet. Uh, obviously, he has to work with his school to kind of figure all that sort of stuff out. So um, what I'll actually be doing is is going to be determined on that. Um, and, but um, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of what you'll see from me on signing day is being done this week and has been done last week. You know, as, as always, we'll have profiles on all the guys signing. And I know that we, for the most part, know about these guys a great deal. Uh, but this goes a little bit deeper into, I guess, showing you who these guys are, evaluation, um, what what actually went down with their recruitment, all that sort of stuff. And um, in addition to that, um, you know, there's there are people who come on the site who don't follow recruiting and, and really kind of want an introduction to this is great for them to kind of get an idea of who will be playing for North Carolina next season and, and, and beyond that. We'll also have a couple of other little uh, content pieces to kind of break down just what kind of happened this uh, this past year, you know, that, that kind of helped uh, put this class together um, and just just an overview of, of of, you know, what Mac Brown was able to do with this class. It's, it's going to be ranked in the top 25. For sure. And, you know, so you don't know for sure when uh, Trenton Simpson's committing or signing. No, I don't have the exact time, but but the okay. plan is to do it. My guess is going to be in the morning for yeah. one reason. You know, Mallow Creek just seems like a school that likes to kind of get these things out, out of the way. And then also, um, you know, you know, coaches want um, – college coaches would like to have these commitments in the bag as quickly as possible. We, you know, the, and the reason being, you know, Sam Howell last year where his announcement was uh, – God, I'm going off of memory. And I feel like it was in the afternoon, but I remember – Yeah, and I remember that it, because there was an issue with – sending in his letter of intent that, uh, and they didn't send their letter of intent. Some people will actually send it into the school beforehand and just say, Hey, keep it quiet until we announce. They actually wanted to wait until after the announcement to send it in. And um, Ross, you, you would have a better idea on this side of things, but from my understanding, because there was a delay in sending it in, it actually caused Mac Brown's press conference to be delayed. Correct. Yeah. I was actually just thinking about that. I'm trying to remember. I know Eugene Asante was definitely after Mac Brown's press conference. Yeah. I want to think – I know we, we, I was in Kean Stadium in, like, the press area watching the live feed of Sam Howell's commitment. I, I, I'm not sure if it was before or after, though. It may have been uh, – it may have been before. Yeah, I remember talking to – what, you talk about before – Mac they got, Brown's they, press conference. Yeah, and, and I remember talking to Sam Howell's dad – and he said, yeah, we're trying to get this in and because they really want it because of the fact that uh, obviously they want to make sure that they're, they're able to talk about Sam during the press conference. Yeah. And until they receive that letter of intent, they cannot talk about Sam. So that's my recollection of it. So, yeah. So bring it back to Trent Simpson. Um, I'm sure the UNC coaches are going to push him to to make this decision as soon as they can, as he can in that day so that they so Mac Brown could talk about him because he's going to be, if he's not the top player in this class, he's, he's definitely one of the top two, him and, and Des Evans. Yeah. So Simpson is the, is the main, the, the main attraction 
for you on um on wednesday right yes yeah no yeah, other a, surprises no other secrets not not that that we're expecting we have octavius oxidine who's also supposed to announce but um you know, as we mentioned in the weekly scoop, and, and it goes into a little bit more detail what, where things sit. There is there is an outside chance North Carolina still can get involved, but that's unlikely to be the situation for um, for this signing day. That's more likely if it were to, I guess, involve North Carolina. It's more likely to affect next signing day. The weekly scoop actually goes on great detail on that, so um, definitely read that to get the backstory on that. But he's the only other one that I guess is decided, and we have. We have um, Xavion Capers, who's committed to Auburn, but as the weekly scoop mentions, it it seems like um, there's whole, not not a whole lot there for North Carolina um, right now. Great. Okay, so who is uh, is everyone signing that is expected? Is yeah, yeah is everyone everyone is signing that is expected to sign? Yes. So um, everybody who's committed to North Carolina is expected to sign. The only exception might be Clyde Pinder. Uh, but North Carolina has actually made some really good progress in that department because a week ago he was kind of, he was leaning towards signing in February. Um, he was also at that point leaning towards, uh, um, leaning towards, you know, making other visits. We'll get into that later in the podcast, but um, he's the only, now he's now saying that, uh, that he's leaning towards signing in December. And I think with, with his, uh, he'll have an in-home visit with North Carolina this week, and I think with that, um, they should be able to lock it down unless something else changes with this situation. Another school really kind of entices him to take additional visits, but uh, but yeah. So everybody else, though, you know, plans to sign on December eighteenth. Okay, and and he took an official visit to UNC this past weekend as well, and that was part of the convincing going on in that yes. situation. So it seems like the fears that we had on last week's podcast with Criswell and Pinder were, were a little bit relieved with, with what the staff does. Of course, Criswell is visiting UNC this weekend for his official visit, just days from signing day. We'll get into both those recruitments uh, in the next segment from all accounts. It seems those guys will sign with UNC. That's 26 players signing with UNC. 27th could be Trenton Simpson. Pretty big class there. Um, of those 27, can you give us a list of who is expected to enroll early? I believe Mac Brown said there's 12 guys that will enroll in January. Yeah, so I have to, I guess, give one caveat with this is that so these are what these are. This is a rough list. And what I mean by that is kind of use it as a guide, but not a guarantee mm. because there are some things being worked out. There's, there's some academic logistics that need to be worked out. And so the guys that I'm listing here, for the most part, odds favor them enrolling. There might be a guy here or there who doesn't get everything worked out and does not enroll early. And there also might be a guy who things kind of figure out and, and they will enroll. Like for example, I think it, it will, First, let me just say it's more likely that one of these guys doesn't enroll early than a guy who I don't list enrolls early. But one of the one of the exceptions to that is uh, Trey Zimmerman. A couple weeks ago, we learned that he now is enrolling early. That was that was news to me. Um, so it still exists that that could happen. It's a lot less likely than the than the opposite. But here here's my list. All right, uh, Jonathan Dorno, offensive lineman, defensive lineman. Uh, Ke- uh, Kedrick Bigley Jones, 
Uh, tight end, John Copenhaver. Wide receiver, Tylee Kraft. Wide receiver, Josh Downs. Wide receiver, Steven Gosnell. Linebacker, Cedric Gray. Running back, DJ Jones. Tight end, Kendall Carr. Uh, defensive back slash safety, Cameron Roseman Sinclair. Linebacker, Ethan West. And as I mentioned earlier, offensive lineman, Trey Zimmerman. Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is getting in defensive linemen and offensive linemen, which it seems like they have two. You'd like to see a guy like Evans. Guys that need to put on weight are the ones that I believe are most important to enroll early. And, I mean, they could use some of these defensive tackles next year given the lack of depth there and who's they, who they lose in the center there. But it seems like only Kedrick Bingley-Jones is enrolling early on the defensive line for UNC. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to talk about Trenton Simpson and what's going on there with – Clemson and UNC just days away from National Sign Day. But first, I want to talk about Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Your stop for all your UNC apparel, sweatshirts, hats, T-shirts, jackets, bumper stickers, everything you need with that UNC symbol and the Carolina blue. Get your Christmas shopping done. We're just, you know, we're a couple of weeks away from when Santa come down, comes down that chimney. Make sure you're set up. With, uh, with everything you need, easy, easy place to get all your gifts done, uh, basketball stuff, football stuff, Olympic sports, soccer jerseys, a cool gift, knock it out for all your friends and family, Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. It's locally owned. It's right in Chapel Hill and easy to access online. Make sure you go to the Inside Carolina message board to get your 10% off promo code. Save some money this time of the year, and get your Christmas shopping done. Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. When you support them, it helps us. We're able to do all these different podcasts that gets you through the holidays, gets you through your long drive. So it's important that, uh, you know, if you're going to buy UNC stuff, which, you know, these are the most dedicated fans, make sure you use Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They have great customer service, and we love working with them. All right, we're back, Dom. Trenton Simpson, you spoke a little bit about him. I thought it was pretty interesting on your scoop. What can you tell us about what's going on there with Trenton Simpson and his recruitment right now? You know, less than less than a week from National Sign Day. Yeah, I think the 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 thing that we have to kind of lay out there first, and this is a, this is the same case for Chriswell and and really Pinder, is that what we talk about right this second could change in 15 seconds, which is the unfortunate thing with us doing a podcast that you're probably going to be listening to on Friday or Saturday. But that's just the nature of being a week away from signing day because there's so much behind the scenes going on um, that nobody wants to, I guess, put out there publicly until it's almost too late. With that said, you know, as everyone knows who's been following this, Clemson has been North Carolina's biggest threat since Trent Simpson decommitted from Auburn. And the reason that is, is that Clemson has been a program that Simpson has always idolized. And if you look at just kind of what has happened, um, you know, since he decommitted, you know, actually right before he decommitted, he visited North Carolina and the school that North Carolina happened to be playing against was Clemson. The first school that, that uh, Simpson visited after he decommitted was Clemson. Um, And, but Clemson, has not offered. And the, I guess the holdup or the potential, uh, I guess, potential, I guess, key to a potential Simpson offer is Justin Flo, a five-star linebacker out of California, which Clemson has felt very, very confident in landing. The problem is, is that 
confidence in landing flow has shown a little bit of cracks because uh, flow after limiting Southern Cal flow has decided to, to take an official visit to Southern Cal this coming weekend, the weekend before signing day. Mm. And there's been a lot of, I guess, reporting out there that has said that a lot of people close to a lot of family members and influential people um, within uh, flows inner circle want him to stay closer to home. You don't get much closer than USC for flow. Obviously if Clemson feels the need, feels like it's not going to land flow, then um, there's a chance that, that it could uh, make a move on Trent Simpson as kind of like a, a backup plan. Um, and, you know, I, I think the one thing I want to make clear, because this has been something that's been on the message boards a bunch, is a lot of people assume that this is something that's going to be determined on signing day. And that's just not going to be the case for a lot of different reasons. Clemson's going to have an idea of what's going to happen. They might, you know, that that idea might be wrong, but for the most part, they're going to have an understanding of what flow is going to do. And one of those, I guess, um, ways that they're going to find that out is through an in-home visit with uh, with their defensive coordinator, Venables, going up, going to the West Coast to spend some time with um, Flo and his family. And then also, they'll be talking to Flo and his family throughout the next uh, few days, including in, in the, the actually probably the, the, the very next day after he, he ends his USC visit. And they'll have an understanding of what's going to happen here. Um, so if they decide to offer uh, Trent Simpson, it's not going well. I guess I guess I shouldn't speak in, in absolutes, but it's very, very unlikely going to be on signing day. It's going to be on the days before. So actually, with each passing day that Clemson doesn't offer, it actually works in North Carolina North Carolina's favor. And really, if Clemson doesn't offer, then Trent Simpson's going to North Carolina. That's just how it is. Okay, is Oregon a factor um, for for um, Flo Justin Flo? I, I would assume so, but he's already officially visited Oregon. And even after that visit, those who cover flow, and I don't because he's, he's a guy that North Carolina never really pursued or never pursued at all. Uh, he's a West Coast guy. But from my understanding that really this is, this is uh, Clemson's to lose. And the only school that has the chance to kind of pull him away is Southern Cal. And he's happens to be officially visiting this weekend. Okay, wow. It would be a complete meltdown if uh, if Clemson offers this weekend or something. They get they get the feeling that flows and go to USC, and then they offer Clemson offers Trenton Simpson, and he commits on the spot. That'd be crazy. That'd be the the most miraculous turnaround you've seen for for Clemson to land. Like, uh, for like a UNC UNC the momentum, and then you know we all thought he was going to go UNC, and then all of a sudden Clemson. Yeah. Um... I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I would I mean, maybe there's other examples that aren't popping to my head right now, but yeah, I mean that would be that would be crazy. The other thing too is that is that Simpson has said some interesting things to me um, when we've spoken because I've asked him flat out about you know, what happens if Clemson offers. Yeah, and and particularly recently, he's mentioned the fact that you know he wants to go where, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, he wants to go where he feels like he's wanted, and and he definitely knows that North Carolina has wanted him since it offered him prior to his junior season. And it was the first school to offer him Clemson by their actions alone. And they'll, if, if they offer him, they'll, they'll try to spin this as much as possible in their favor. But Clemson has offered him, which says, we don't want you. 
And so yeah. if they were to offer him today, then they have to explain why they want him today and they didn't want him those other days. And obviously, you know, he knows what's going on. He knows Justin Flo is the guy that they want. And, and so that does play a factor. And there is a realistic possibility that Clemson offers and Trent Simpson says, you know what, I want to go where I'm, where I'm, where I'm wanted and I feel wanted in North Carolina. They've wanted me all along. And yeah. that's where I'm going to go. That, that, that's a very, very real possibility. I mean, one thing with USC is Justin Flo, I just looked it up. He is it's kind of a little journalistic research here. He lives about a 50-minute drive from USC, mm-hmm. Upland, California, which is kind of like it's, it's directly uh, east of, uh, of California, of, of USC. So, God, go to Clemson versus that. I mean, it's, it's a very different – travel for him so i mean i can see the desire to go there but obviously usc is kind of if anything trending downwards and they kept their coach and i, I mean who knows what's gonna happen with him next year they keep being very fickle and if they're gonna fire him or not but that's interesting so we'll definitely keep an eye on um trent simpson's decision the next couple of days and international signing day all right let's get a quick break and we'll be back to talk about jacoby criswell and clyde pinder this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back to talk about the two guys who were a little uh, looking elsewhere in regards of their commitment to UNC. Let's start with, quickly, Pinder. Don, we mentioned him earlier. He took an official visit from to, to UNC this weekend. How did it go? What are you hearing? What's going on with the staff and Pinder in terms of his commitment level and his potential to sign with UNC? I know you kind of spoke on his the question of whether he will sign or not earlier in the podcast. Yeah, so I, I spoke to him afterwards. Actually, we texted. He wasn't. He was. Um, I guess he's a little under the weather and um, raspy voice, and uh, not feeling up to talking. But um, he, you know, he said, you know, he's he's. I, I'll just give the 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 quote that he gave me. It would be cool to just use my officials up, but I'm not. I just mm. didn't need to do it. So, um, and I of course made sure. So you're not going to take official visits. He said, no, no official visits anywhere else. So that's the plan. And as I mentioned earlier, you know these these things tend to change, um, you know, between now and signing day. But that's the plan. I don't. I really don't expect it to change with him. I, I feel like North Carolina did a really good job of um, of kind of sealing the deal this past weekend. He'll have his in home visit with Mac Brown this week, and that should kind of firm things up completely and um, you know kind of hold off any potential push from from Florida Florida or any other schools the official visit from everyone i've spoken to um you know they they 
you know, felt like the official visit went as well as can be expected. And that's really what uh, the goal was for this past weekend. Yeah, so it seems like the timing of the visit worked a great way for UNC. I mean, just getting it right at the right time to convince them to stay. Um, usually they, they try to push those to the last weekend. Sometimes they have to do them in the summer or during the season. But for, by all accounts, timing of Pinder's official visit worked to UNC's favor. Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's so dicey. Do you want to do it now or do you want – because you know, we're about to talk about Chriswell. Chriswell, they decided to do it this coming weekend to kind of get that last, I guess, at bat with him right before signing signing day, which is, you know, by the time he leaves Chapel Hill, be, be a couple of days away. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you, you kind of have to really judge the situation. And, and um, it's one of those things where if it works in your favor, you look like a genius. If you, if it doesn't, then you look like a moron to be completely honest. I mean, if, if Florida somehow convinces him to take an official visit this weekend, then People are going to look at North Carolina and say, hey, you made the wrong decision. You should have pushed for that for that last weekend. So we'll, we'll see how it turns out. For sure. All right, good stuff. Um, and then let's go into Criswell. This one's a little more interesting, reading your scoop. Uh, and make sure to subscribe to Inside Carolina get that. What's going on with Jacoby Criswell, the, the four-star UNC commitment quarterback, a very important piece to UNC's 2020 class. What's the scoop with Criswell? He's going to take an official visit this weekend. And, of course, he's had some interest in Auburn and Arkansas, his home state. Yeah, so a week ago, I would have said that North Carolina had a better chance of holding on to Chriswell than they did of Pinder. As we stand today, I feel like North Carolina has a better chance of of holding on to Pinder than Chriswell. And there's a very good chance that they can hold on to both. Uh, but the, the I guess the interesting thing that's happening with Chriswell is, you know, one, Auburn offered – I guess it had to be like a month ago now. Um, and that has yet to result in an official visit. Um, mm-hmm. But it really feels like now that in-state Arkansas is, the, the, the I guess, the, the dark horse that could potentially pull him away from North Carolina. They just hired a new coach, Sam Pittman, who actually was an offensive line coach at North Carolina during uh, the Butch Davis era. Um, and you know, Sam Pittman went on an in-home visit um, to you know, to talk to Chriswell, I'm assuming to try to get him to delay his uh, his signing. This is a great example of just how quickly things change. My little blurb about um, Chriswell was quickly altered the morning of posting this this uh, this weekly scoop because of the new information that had come out about Sam Pittman in Arkansas and everything. Um, but um, when I spoke to Chriswell on Monday. He confirmed that he didn't go anywhere this past weekend, which is huge news for North Carolina. Mm. And he also told me that he plans on signing this month, which is another big thing. So now the key for North Carolina is to make sure that he signs on December. A uh, key part of that is to make sure he officially visits this weekend. I I expect him to, you know, to officially visit this weekend. I think, you know, it would be hard for me to see a kid like that who – um, really kind of has done things very respectful throughout the process to all of a sudden not officially visit the school he's been committed to for such a long time. I know a lot of people are, are questioning, okay, you know, there is a chance he goes somewhere else. And yeah, I guess there is. But I think obviously making sure he officially visits this weekend and during that official visit, convincing him and his family that signing on December 18th is very important, is going to be key for North Carolina. Because if this, if he does not, if he does not sign, 
on signing day on December signing day and he goes into January, it's going to make it really tough for North Carolina to hold on to him because they will not have an official visit to use. They will not, they probably will not have a chance to get him back on campus at, while he'll visit other schools in January. And that, that uh, official visit North Carolina will look really far away when he, if he's deciding or signing on uh, February, I think it's the 6th, something like that um, for the February signing day. Yeah. And so has, Sam Pittman has gone in home with Criswell already, right? From my understanding, he has. He went in home with him um, yesterday. He got hired like two days ago. So that's pretty significant. Has Auburn gone in home with him in the last week? You know, you know? I, as- I assume so. I don't know. I-, okay. I guess my focus so much the last couple of days has been on Arkansas because I feel like they're such a bigger threat than Auburn because one of the things that he mentioned to me and this is before Sam Pittman was, was hired this was obviously when um after they fired uh, Chad Morris um and I said you know wizard has there ever been a pull for you whether it was when you were little or whatever to want to play for your your flagship university of your of your state and he said yeah that was definitely a dream but it never wasn't never was a um opportunity for me and a lot of that is because Chad Morris accepted a commitment from his son pretty quickly on. And, and his son is, is a legit four-star quarterback. So that wasn't the question. But obviously that closed the door for Criswell to achieve that, that dream. Um, so now that dream could potentially be fulfilled if he still wants to, to live that dream. And that, that's, that's why I'm a little bit more concerned about Arkansas right now. All right. And, I mean, just looking at some of your scoop here, it looks like on Thursday – Mac Brown and Phil Longo will be in home with Criswell. No, um, that's last Thursday. So, last Thursday. okay, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so that list, and I think there was some confusion with other with with some of the posters. That um, schedule was fr- from last week. Yeah, it's just sometimes it's just easier for me to get it after the fact, just because things change so often. So, are, will there be any more visits from UNC staff to Criswell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, I be- yes. So. Um, <laughs> From what I've been told by sources is that actually uh, Phil Longo visit with Chris Well on Tuesday also. Okay. And I was just looking at this, man. It's crazy. They sent the whole staff to Trent Simpson on Monday. Yeah, last Monday, yep. And, and For, I guess that was the first day of the visits or something? Yep, to kind of, I guess, send that message that, hey, we want you. You know, that yeah. goes along with what we talked about earlier is, you know, hey, we want you. We're sending our entire staff. And that was also... Uh, Mac Brown came by too. So, all right, yep. great. Um, and let's wrap this up. I think that's about it. Well, actually, one question is: All right, would you say what's the better chance that UNC lands both Pender and Criswell, or they only land one? Ooh, sign, I'm. Sign, about, let's do signing. Let's do signing on uh, on Wednesday. Signing on Wednesday. So, so you're saying the better chance that they sign only one of them or both of them? That's what that that's my choice. Okay. Where would you put your money? <sighs> betting Ooh. on 17 year old boys' decisions. Here we go. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go with both of them. Mm. I think I think there is a better chance in North Carolina signs both of them. I think that I think Pinder is is basically locked down, and I think that um, I think that. Chris Will will honor his his commitment to officially visit UNC this weekend, and then UNC is able to um, convince him to stay. Especially, he's going to be spending the entire weekend with something like twenty other uh, verbal commitments, 
and he's going to feel that brotherhood. Um, and Arkansas, really, because the dead period starts on Monday, um, Arkansas is not going to really have anything to combat that. And he also signs. So I feel like the I, I think it's close. All right. But I think that if I had to put money on it, I would I would put money on the fact that UNC signs both those guys. And I'm on, assuming on you, you would all, you would also put money on UNC signing um, Trent Simpson. Yeah, so I have listed him as um, under the strong vibe section, <laughs> and the strong vibe section is um, is batting a thousand. Um, I at some point that is going to fail. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be now, mostly because of the fact that one, you have to have Clemson offer. Clemson doesn't offer; doesn't matter. And I, there's no guarantee that Clemson is going to offer, even if they don't get Justin Flo. There's still a scenario where Clemson doesn't offer him. Um, and then even if Clemson does offer, there is a, as I mentioned earlier, there is a realistic possibility that he says, you know, hey, hit the road. You guys didn't want me earlier. So, so yeah, hey. so I, I would put money on it. Hey, hit the road, you guys. Hey, Dabo, hit the road. Yeah. Um, if I was Clemson, I would offer Trenton Simpson and just take both and figure out scholarships later. Yeah, I think hey, the pick problem- some senior off. Pick some senior that's not playing off and just take two linebackers. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I think that the the issue is is that Clemson doesn't have as much attrition as other schools, and they literally are loaded and form five stars. Yeah. So when you, I mean, are you going to take off a a four star kid who's been in the system and knows the system? And you know what to expect out of them over a four star kid who might come in and just be a complete dud. I mean, I'm not saying that Trent. I'm just talking in general. General. Yeah. General sense, not well, if, that Trent's gonna be a dud. At this point, they know if that junior or senior is gonna ever contribute. He may be a former four or five star, but they've seen enough to know whether he is going to contribute. So they can say, "Man, this guy's not gonna play. We don't need him. We might as well take a risk on a Simpson or a um, Flow. Get both of them on and kick this guy to the curb." Yeah, and that's that's a realistic possibility. But that doesn't, and I don't cover Clemson, so I don't know too much. But from my understanding. From talking to people who do, it doesn't seem like a, a Dabo thing to do. And we can argue about what's wrong and what's not, but Dabo's doing something right. There you go. Um, do you wish you could make crystal ball picks? <laughs> no, I do. I can make crystal ball picks. It's I, silly I, that you and Strell don't do it. Yeah, well, I want to Everybody make sure. in 24-7 sports does it. I know. Except but for if, inside if, Carolina. So there's not as many UNC picks. If, and if, I, if, I've been told not I I'm not allowed to make them after doing it for four years. Okay, well, well, um, yeah. If everybody at twenty four seven sports jumped off a bridge, I would not jump off the bridge with them. But I mean, as part of the, I mean, I think it's cool when you have these industry experts making picks. I mean, I should I should be able to make picks just off of what you think, and then that could be your kind of. Well, your, I your want vocal. to make sure the inside. Carolina subscribers, all the message board, and the message board in particular. Even I have a love relationship, love hate relationship with the guys on the message board, but I want to make sure that those guys are the first that get my take and 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 they get it um, on you know from a premium aspect. That's the other thing is is and Ross, you and I have talked about this, but I don't I don't answer questions on Twitter, and I get questions all the time on Twitter, but. I will definitely answer questions usually within 24 hours on the S Don thread on the premium message board. So if you ever have any questions, post them on the S Don thread. I was, uh, had some free time this weekend. I just hopped on the S Don thread and went back a couple months. It was <laughs> okay. electric. 
Especially during the whole rank, rankings fiasco. Yeah, well, I was a little bit irritated that people assumed that I was put in timeout or I was told not to post or this or I was hiding, especially because the whole thing happened on a Friday night. And a lot of it happened like two o'clock in the morning and then on a Saturday morning. I, I am, I'm sorry. I, I spent a lot of time working for Inside Carolina. I don't know how many hours or whatever, but you know, I have better things to do two o'clock in the morning on a Friday night. All right. We'll move on from there. All right, quickly, coaching carousel. I love it. I'm all in. I've been, you know, on Twitter watching the press conferences on SEC Network. We've had some changes. I think it's just a you know non UNC conversation here. You had Arkansas fire their coach and then immediately hire Sam Pittman, or not immediately, but hire Sam Pittman. You had Ole Miss fire their coach Matt Luke, and they hired Lane Kiffin from FAU, and then Florida State hired Mike Norvell. So those have been the three. Big coaching changes. You had a Clemson offensive coordinator go to USF. Um, there have been some awesome, also some movements. You know, Matt Luke actually went to Georgia. You had the former Arkansas coach now go to the offensive coordinator position at, at Auburn. What kind of stood out from you, Don, from this whole coaching carousel? I mean, obviously, to me, the, the SEC moves and especially Kiffin is super intriguing. What do you think about the certain hires and, and what attracted your attention? And we did not even mention Missouri – moving in and hiring Aliyah Drinkowitz after one season, uh, a Sun Bowl championship 11-win season at Appalachian State, the former offensive coordinator at NC State. Well, I love the Lane Kiffin thing, mostly because I selfishly love Lane Kiffin on a big stage because I just I love the, the coach that kind of tries to needle people and ruffle feathers and, and you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and doing it at FAU, and he has been doing it at FAU, just doesn't, um, just doesn't, I guess, move the needle. Um, he had a, uh, I guess he sent out a tweet about blind refs after uh, there were some really bad calls on yeah, one of his games. Yeah, he got fined for that. But uh, the one really that kind of interests me is Jeff Scott, the co-offensive coordinator of Clemson, going to USF just because Cle- one of the, I guess, formulas for Clemson's, uh, you know, being so, um, so successful is just the continuity on its staff and to lose a guy who has been there for so long is, is, uh, is surprising, uh, surprising to me. Um, so, you know, but not, and I knew it was going to happen eventually. And I was kind of waiting to see which one would be the one that would jump. And Jeff Scott obviously was, was the one. So that, that interests me the most, you know, I mean, all the other ones really interest me also, you know, Sam Pittman, Arkansas, um, even though he hasn't been a coordinator, which I don't think should matter all that much. Um, because I think there's a different tool set that's required to be a head coach and to, than is required for being a coordinator. And then it's also required to be in a position coach and a good recruiter and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm intrigued to see what happens at um, at Florida State with Mike Norvell. Um, uh, you didn't mention the this was kind of like a really kind of low key, you know, Chris Peterson stepping down and Jimmy yeah. Lake, who was who was quickly becoming, I guess, a name. Uh, as a defensive coordinator, really good at producing defensive backs and sending them into the NFL, you know, um, at a program like Washington. What um, what jumped out to you? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I love Kiffin. I think he's awesome in, in what he does. He's he's doesn't really give uh, give an f. You know, he says what he wants to say. He's gained a lot of weight in his face, which is kind of funny to see. Um, but he, he needs to be in the SEC, and I think Ole Miss is perfect for him. Ole Miss tries to definitely stretch the rules you know you saw that video of him holding the baby on the tarmac uh when he or not tarmac but whenever he landed in in oxford and 
Somebody handed him his like newborn child and then told him to get a burner phone because, of course, that's what's happened with um, Hugh Freeze. He got caught with a university phone that got him in trouble. Uh, I, I mean, I think the locally, you know, the Elijah Drinkingwitz move to Missouri is interesting. This guy's been a head coach for one year. He hasn't really done the full program building thing in terms of landing a couple of recruiting classes and developing players. He used Scott Satterfield's whole program and players to propel himself to a, a big-time job where he's now getting paid more than Satterfield and more than Dave Dorn. He's 36 years old. You know, I, he's not a proven head coach. He's a proven play caller maybe. You know, he runs a good offense, but there's a lot more to being a head coach than that. And so now he's in the SEC East at Missouri. So that would be interesting to watch. I mean, I could see him flaming out in three years because uh, that's not a great – I mean, it's tough to win there. You are in the SEC East, but, you know, it's Missouri. Uh, it's, it's not exactly easy to recruit there either. So that will be interesting to watch. I think Kiffin will have success. Um, and Sam Pittman, I mean, I, I, all I hear is great things about Pittman. I mean, he was at UNC, so there's a lot of people that tell me about how great of a recruiter and coach he was there. I mean, guys on our uh, podcast, um, Mike Ingersoll played for him, and they love him. So – uh, you know, he's never been off. He's never been a head coach before, but that'll be interesting to see. Obviously, his coordinator is going to be big time hires, but it might be a good fit for him in Arkansas for a, a, a lifelong position coach. Anything else on that? I think we're good. Yeah, the only other thing, um, I think you know, going back to my whole like, I love that the, I guess ruffling the feathers and, and making some noise. I wish Mike Leach would have gotten one of those SEC jobs. You know, um, yeah, maybe sure. maybe Arkansas would have been, you know, have him in Arkansas and Lane Kiffin at Old Miss. That would have been kind of cool, really kind of add a lot of color. Um, I'm a huge Mike Leach fan for a lot of different reasons. Um, and having him all the way at Washington State just makes it harder to, I guess. Yeah, he needs to be on the with... East Coast. Yeah, yeah, because I think he'd be SSD great. Or East Coast, because it's just like, I don't know, we never see him play because it's always late night pack 12 games and he i mean he's great him and kiffin are, are the two most entertaining coaches in my opinion um good stuff all right are you ready to get into the top five Come on, let's do it what was that <laughs> it was our new sound all right top five christmas movies we got how many submissions did we get for this don we got i believe it was 10 okay Great. Do you have yours ready? I do have mine ready. Do you have yours? What you want to read a couple? Yeah, we'll we'll go through and read. Uh, well, there's a lot of overlap, I think, here, so we'll read two each. Okay. Um, we got another submission from Ding Dong, and we got <laughs> you got to someone... read. You got to read that one. That's going to be your second one you read. I'll and I'll read the guy from the other uh, planet. Okay. All right. So I'll pick one first. Then. All right. You got to read Michelle's too. All right, all right, I'll read Michelle's. But first, I'm going to do John in Charleston. Since uh, he was uh, a regular submissioner, uh, if that's even a word, um, but I guess during the football season, because he's a high school coach in Charleston, South Carolina, so I guess that kind of took up a lot more of his time. Uh, so his top five, I'll go, I'll go in reverse order. Number five, The Santa Claus. Number four, Home Alone 2. Number three, Elf. Number two, Christmas Vacation. And number one, Home Alone, the first one. Okay, I'll read Ding Dong from Orange County, read, California. You got to read Ding Dong last. Okay, all right. I'll read Brendan from Uranus. 
Uh, he's our third person from a different planet that has listened to our podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'll go in reverse order, and I'm not going to read his honorable mention. It's top five. It's not top eight. You can't just throw in other other movies to just cover them all. So we'll go top five. Christmas Vacation. The characters in the the characters in this are simply the best. Hey Clark, the shitter's full. Four, four, Charlie Brown Christmas. Three, Eight Crazy Nights. It's an Adam Sandler movie about Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a Jewish holiday. Don, I know you're not too deep into the Jewish culture. Um, two, Fred Claus, a classic movie with Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti. Probably the most underrated Christmas movie of all time. He's given quotes for each of these, but I'm not reading those. And one, Elf. Any other answer to this question is frankly the wrong answer, as Will Ferrell puts on one of the best performances ever. All right. All right. So I will go to Michelle in Cary, North Carolina, who we know pretty well. And I'll go in reverse order. Uh, or she, so she says she purposely omitted a Christmas story. Mm. She doesn't really give a, um, a description, just said, just no. Um, I'll get into my feelings on that later. I disagree. Mm. All right. So in reverse order, number five, The Muppets Christmas Carol. Number four, Love Actually. Number three, Nightmare Before Christmas. Number two, Scrooged, which I have not seen. Um, and number one, oh, it's a tie, Elf and Christmas Vacation. Man, Michelle, breaking rules, no ties. You got to, you got to, I had to make a very difficult decision that I'm still debating in my head right now. Hmm. We got, we got to put uh, Michelle's feet to the fire. You got to pick one, especially your top one. All right, you go with uh, Dean Dong. Okay. All right, one of our favorite listeners, Dean Dong from Orange County, California. All right, five. Well, first, first, can I jump in real quick? A lot of people are, are saying that we made this up, but Dean Dong is a poster. On, if you go, there's Dean Dong. Now, his, I don't, maybe his first name is Dean. I don't know. But he, his, his name on the message board is Dean Dong, and he <laughs> does not want to give me his first name. And since his name is Dean Dong, and it's funny for a lot of different reasons, we're going to allow him to, to use this name. Why is it funny? Um, because it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Five. I'm, I'm already a. Tr- I'm already enough trouble on this podcast as it is. I don't want to. You know. All right. Five. Smoky Mountain Christmas, which I've never heard of. 1986. That was my birth year. Dolly Parton, Lee Majors, and John Ritter. Dolly's 80s hair would make a righteous tree topper. Four. Christmas Vacation. Three. A Christmas Carol. Two. Elf. Are you not going to read the descriptions? I'll read some of them. Two, Elf. That's how Dean Dong belches after Miss Ding Dong's famous taco soup. Did you hear that? I don't know what that means. And one, Christmas Carol. Marley's ghost dropping them chains like Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy. Is that, <laughs> okay. is that funny to you? Is that what you want me to read? No, I was um, Dean Dong. We need. Uh, he set the the bar too high last week. He's a character. All right, let's go through ours. All right, we gonna do every other. No, let's go straight through. You go first. All right, all right, all right. So uh, my number five, Bad Santa. Uh, definitely not for kids, but uh, very very enjoyable um, movie uh, for me. Uh, funny stuff. Um, what's his? Uh, Billy, Billy Bob. Bob. Thornton, Thornton, perfect for that uh, 
for that character. Um, the little chubby kid was also great in that movie. Um, I said chubby. I could have said other things. Um, number four, Elf. Um, loved it. And just like someone mentioned, you know, Will Ferrell, this is you know, perfect. I don't think anybody else could have played that part as well as, as he does. And sometimes his, his kind of character that he plays in almost every movie um, kind of gets old. But in this, it was absolutely perfect. Number three is very personal to me. And I might go a little bit longer than normal is, and this is not, I don't think anyone else listed it. And for good reason, uh, a Muppet family Christmas, which is actually a made for TV movie that um, we watched growing up all the time. And it's my mother's favorite uh, Christmas show slash movie. And uh, because of some licensing issues, she was never able to obtain the, the actual original. It was actually aired on television on ABC. I actually looked all this stuff up. In <laughs> December of 1987, she tried to get it on DVD, um, but uh, because of licensing issues, it, they actually took out parts. She didn't like that. So what I did for one Christmas way back was take the VHS version that we had where we taped it off of the television, put it on a DVD. She loved it. But the thing that I loved about it was you know, this is my childhood, obviously, and it combined the, the Muppets from Sesame Street with the Muppets from The Muppet Show with the Muppets from Fraggle Rock all into one. It was kind of cool for me as a kid to kind of see these characters who never interacted anywhere else interact together. I know Ross uh, loved my little description. I mean, I zoned right. out. <laughs> my top two, I have really, 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 really struggled with to figure out what's one and what's two, but I am not Michelle. I'm going to make a decision here. All right. So all right. my number, my number two, Christmas Vacation. I mean, it's it's a movie I watch a hundred times during Christmas. You know, I, I could say all the parts, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's it's great. It's funny. It's even funny even if you watch it a hundred times. And my number one. A Christmas Story. Mm. And I went back and forth with this in Christmas Vacation. It was really, really difficult. And I guess I picked that just because of the fact that it was such a great, it really takes you into a child's mind. In particular, I remember when I was little and I would get into trouble and I would be put my, up in my room for however many minutes or whatever. And I would always think in my mind how I can't wait until I get older and something happens to me to where my parents regret punishing me. And that had a scene where, you know, the, the, you know, the Ralphie comes back to visit his parents where he's kind of daydreaming or whatever about it. And he's blind now. And the parents said, what was, what made you blind? And he says, soap poisoning. <laughs> and that is exactly a lot of the, the thinking in that was exactly how I thought as a kid. So, uh, and also I went, as I mentioned, the podcast went and visit the um, Christmas story house. And I absolutely loved that experience. Anyway, Ross, you have the floor. <laughs> All right. We have a lot of la- uh, lap, uh, a lot of overlap there. Overlap. And let me start that over. We have a lot of overlap there, which is why we're such best friends. <clears throat> All right. Bad Santa, not my number five as well. I have this ranked before, before you went. Bad Santa, I mean, it's kind of one of your more dirty, kind of adult Christmas movies. It's a comedy. It's great. Four, I went Love Actually. Uh, great movie. I actually watched it recently. I don't uh, think I've seen that. Yeah, I mean, it's worth the time. You can okay. see it with your wife. It's got a lot of famous actors. It takes place in... Is it a romance? 
Yeah, I mean, it's about a bunch of couple different love stories, but so it's, it's I should, funny. This is like a turn on the fireplace, break out some wine, Jeez, you know, man. dim keep the your, lights. Keep in your pants. Uh, I mean, it's a comedy, but it's like a romantic comedy, but it's got a lot of different love stories that kind of all come together around Christmas time, and it's kind of sentimental. Um, a good one to watch with a lover. Um, all right, three, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation classic i mean all that whole series of uh vacation movies are entertaining uh two or this is tough one and two were tough it actually made a late a late switch after thinking about it i went to christmas story i, I mean i watch it every christmas they have the 24-hour marathon on, C- on tbs i mean quote it my brother kind of got me into it it's got so many good lines so many good scenes that we talked about i think a lot of people are split on this as michelle indicated i've had some friends kind of Go back and forth about whether it's a worthy Christmas movie, but I mean it's a classic. It's kind of a tradition to watch that every December twenty fifth. And then one, I went Home Alone. Can't beat it. Kind of 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 my era. It was kind of it came around right when I was of that age, kind of close to Nicole Culkin's age there in that movie. And it's so funny. And it's you know I think it's one of the better kind of kids movies in general. So um, let alone Christmas movies. Yeah, I had Home Alone was probably my number six. And even though, um, well, because of Ross not liking honorable mentions, uh, I did not mention that. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely a classic. Um, and even though you know what's going to happen and, and all that, when you could watch it now and still enjoy it. And your kids, my kids still, Ross does not have any kids that we're aware of, right? Right, Ross? Uh, correct. Okay. So I have kids that I'm aware of, and um, they enjoy um, Home Alone. Yeah, it's great. It's timeless. All right, that's it. Big podcast. Uh, essentially, our National Sign Day, early Sign Day period preview with the scoops on the you know, the three players of interest: Trent Simpson, Kobe Criswell, and of course uh, Clyde Pinder. So hopefully, you got a lot from that. We will be back with you on December 18th or December 19th, depending on kind of how the schedule goes. We don't know exactly when Trenton Simpson is going to sign. I'll have a bunch of work today because we do have work that day as well because Mac Brown will meet with the media, we think, around 3 p.m. in Keene Stadium. So with that comes a lot of uh, content creation, and Greg will be in uh, in Gonzaga in uh Spokane, Washington for the UNC Gonzaga game. So me and the interns will be handling all the National Sign Day content creation. So it might have to come out the next morning. But that's it for me and Don. We appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.